time listening to She Is Becoming, welcome to the show. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's Word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our minds. You can find our episodes on all the major podcast platforms and on the Minnesota Grace Church app and website. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can receive notifications whenever we post a new episode. And follow us on Instagram at She Is Becoming Podcast to, to catch our Sunday prayer time and to be a part of a sisterhood of women in authentic community. I am your co-host Delaney and I am here in the studio with my co-host Bev. Hello Delaney. I have a question for you. I would like to know how God has been speaking to you lately. Yeah, I feel like there was something that I actually heard the other day that really struck me that I thought was really impactful and interesting that I'd love to share with you. Uh, I can't remember where I heard this. I feel like it was in a song or a sermon or something, but they said that there was a neuroscience study that was done where anxiety and gratitude can't exist in the brain together at the same time. So your brain is basically either like, anxiety or it's gratitude and how like replacing our anxiety our worries our fears with gratitude actually what that does for the brain chemicals in your mind i was like isn't that just god wow and that's science and it's science (laughs) yeah duh faith has you know tells us that the scriptures tell us that but i was like how interesting is that that like Mm -hmm. It's Grat- neurological. Yeah, and that gratitude is a way to combat our anxiety and our fear and our worry. Now, that's a really a wonderful uh, tool. Yeah. Practical tool. Absolutely. How have you used it? Well, I'm like, I just have to remind myself about 30,000 times that God is good. God is faithful. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you for our health. Like, just going over and over and over sure. again. Sometimes I feel like when... Um, you feel anxious or you have like a thought that may- is maybe like a lie, you have to like bombard your mind with truth. Like I heard someone say that's like you have to com- use like seven truths to combat the one lie. I was like, isn't that true? Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm thankful for so many things. And it just kind of like gives you like a focus shift a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good practical tool for us to hear today with when there's so much anxiety and worry and mm-hmm. um, going around these days to have a, a real tool that we can use. Gratitude. Absolutely. I try to every day when I journal, I write down something I'm gr- I'm grateful for well, just keep, as a yeah. discipline. It keeps the focus off yourself too, I think. It, good point. Off your situation sometimes. It, good point. Yeah. That's why they often say, you know, before you start your prayer requests, be thankful go through a season of thankfulness, and that is very helpful because that um, gets your mind on God and then puts your requests in proper perspective. Absolutely. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so that that's great. Well, thanks for sharing that with us this, to, today, Delaney. Um, did you know an interesting fact about the Bible is that only two books are named after women? I did not recognize that. Yeah, no. no. And you, when you look through the table of contents in your Bible, you're going to find only Esther and Ruth, mm. two women. So today we're going to do a character sketch of three characters in the book of Ruth and focus on some really important takeaways for us today. Some of those themes and takeaways are talking about character. 
What kind of character are we developing in our lives? Humility? Are we hardworking? We're also going to talk about the theme of in-law relationships Mm -hmm. and even dating. Yeah, that's always a hot topic, isn't isn't it? It It really is. It really is. So Delaney, kind of give us the overview. What is Ruth about? Because people, if they haven't read it or haven't read it for a while, let's remind our audience of what the story's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ruth is only four chapters in the Bible. It's about a 20-minute read, so you should definitely go read it for yourself. Um, But it's really beautifully written, and it has... Um, has been acclaimed as one of the greatest writings of all time, actually. It's really like a love story. It is. It's super amazing. And so the book of Ruth is really about a tragedy that turns into a triumph. And so Ruth's story took place during the time of Judges, which is characterized um, as a time when sin runs rampant. Judges 21, 25 says that in those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. So the Ruth story also really gives us a perfect example of how God is working on an entire nation, as we can see in Judges, but also on a personal level, like with Ruth's family and with Ruth herself. So we kind of get those like two minds of God that he works on as a whole with countries and nations in the world, but he also works individually and personally. Yeah. Big picture, little picture. Yeah, it's really he, amazing. He's a part of it all. Yeah, it's super cool. So the story begins with Naomi, which is Ruth's mother-in-law, fleeing to her homeland of fleeing to her fleeing from her homeland of Israel due to famine and they actually settle in a place called Moab and Naomi's two sons married Moabite women one of them being Ruth and tragically Naomi's husbands and both of her sons die I know this is the tragedy it's really tragic like to lose all of your I mean man it's unbelievable especially in that society where you have male um patriarchal system where widowhood really you you really had no means to support yourself yeah Mm -hmm. if she had had a son she would have been okay yes like they could have protected her and took and taken care of her but she didn't it's just it's awful um and so this really puts all three of those women um naomi ruth and um, ruth's other daughter-in-law in in a really vulnerable state orpa orpa not oprah not oprah that's orpa (laughs) but haven't you heard that story if that's how Oprah got her name was it was supposed to be Orpa and they messed yeah. it up. Okay, yeah. We've all heard that. Anyways, yeah. so that has nothing to do with anything, but here we go. Um, and so this puts them at a really vulnerable state. Like they would have been impoverished. They would have not have been able to claim their husband's possessions. And so devastation has really followed Naomi. She had to leave her hometown due to famine. Her husband and her sons all die. In a foreign land. In a foreign land. She's not with anyone she know Like. It's just, yeah. the pain must have been crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Naomi hears that there is food in her hometown in Israel, and she decides to return home. Naomi tries to convince her two daughters-in-law to stay in Moab and remarry. Um, Orpah listens to Naomi, but Ruth actually won't leave Naomi. It actually says that Ruth clung to Naomi. And what Ruth says when Naomi tries to get her to stay is really striking to me. It says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people and your God, my God. So not only did Ruth cling to Naomi, she drew near to God as he drew near to her. She abandoned her gods, her family, her people, and her land to follow the Lord. And the implication here is that Ruth deeply loves Naomi. Otherwise, why would she leave her home? And that the and that Naomi's God, the God of heaven, impacted Ruth in some way. Because we see that Ruth trusted God, the God of Israel. And so Naomi and Ruth arrive in Israel with nothing. 
and Ruth goes to glean in a field with other people in poverty, as was customary. Basically, like the scraps that were left over that weren't gleaned were there to feed the impoverished. And so while gleaning, Ruth actually gets the attention of the owner of one of the fields. His name was Boaz. And Boaz shows compassion to her and he's kind to her. And um, this provides food for her and Naomi. And we actually see the hand of God mightily in Ruth's story because, as it turns out, Boaz is a relative of Naomi and a kin- is what's called a kinsman redeemer. And a kinsman redeemer would support the family of their lost relative and carry on the name and estate on their behalf. So long story short, um, Boaz ends up marrying Ruth and they have a son named Obed who is the grandfather actually to King David and King David was the line through which Christ the Messiah came and so there's a lot in this amazing book um, but Bev what about like the specific characters now of Ruth and Naomi can you and can you share like just some specifics that you see like in the way that they carried themselves absolutely let's start with Naomi Naomi has been gone from her homeland for some 10 years plus. This was probably very difficult for her, living in a foreign land, seeing her sons marry foreign women, which was forbidden by God for Israelites. Mm -hmm. Naomi describes her suffering of death and foreign living in chapter 1 of Ruth, verse 20, when she told the women in Israel not to call her Naomi, call her Mara, because the Lord Almighty has made her life bitter. Wow. Mara means bitter. Mm. And so you think you kind of get a picture of this woman. You think, ooh, a bitter woman. No one wants to be around that. But I think that's not, she is just expressing her uh, grief. pain, her yeah, grief. Her pain, mm-hmm. yeah. She wasn't, yeah, like bitter. I don't think we see that. Well, I certainly don't see that with the relationships that with she had. Ruth, right. Yeah. So reading this, you could think she was going to be that difficult person. However, with both daughter-in-laws wanting to follow her, there must have been a very special relationship between them. especially with Ruth. Ruth wanted to still be a part of Naomi's family, her people, and her God. Naomi must have had a beautiful example of faith in the God of Israel and his love to these daughter-in-laws. I had a wonderful mother-in-law, Delaney, one that really gave me my first opportunity to teach the Bible. She was a Bible teacher Mm -hmm. herself. She loved me from the moment I saw her and met her. I felt her love, and she was so kind and so um, encouraging towards me and always was willing to help. Babysat for me one day a week when we had little ones and um, just was the most godly example of a woman that I've ever seen. And so... For me, she died young. She died in her 60s. I still miss her so much. But I understand a daughter-in-law, mother-in-law relationship as being something very beautiful and wonderful. But it's not that way for everybody. No, it's Mm -hmm. not. But I just have to give tribute to my mother-in-law, Mary. Mm -hmm. In fact, I called her my mother-in-love. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, and for those maybe like that are struggling with that, I am also blessed where like I have such a sweet relationship with my mother-in-law and like just have the greatest respect for her. She is such an amazing woman. Um, But maybe there are those who like don't have that. And I think maybe like if you read the story, hopefully that this can help you um, give you some perspective and just give you some character traits of like you can bring this home and try right. with your mother-in-law right right yeah well interestingly enough Naomi guides Ruth with a lot of wisdom as they encounter Boaz as the kinsman redeemer and Ruth 
follows her instructions, showing a lot of trust in their relationship. Think about that. Your mm-hmm. mother-in-law told you to do this. You going to do it? I, with mine, I would. Yeah, and I did with mine. I'll never forget when I was looking to buy a little puppy. She said, are you sure you don't want to have a baby instead? And I said, you're right. I'm done looking for a puppy. Let's <laughs> Wait, get pregnant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is too yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. So I took her advice, let me tell you. Well, um, Naomi is guiding Ruth here. Naomi becomes a grandmother through Ruth and Boaz. And listen to the women of the city as what they said about uh, Ruth. Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he, the child, become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life, sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better than 10 sons has given him birth. Wow. Better than 10 sons. Amazing. Ruth, quite the reputation. Mm -hmm. So my takeaways from Naomi are these. First of all, those in-law relationships do not need to be filled with strife. Are you a mother-in-law? Love and serve your daughter-in-laws. I have two daughters-in-laws that I just adore. I try to support, compliment, help them in any way that I can. Love them like my own. Yeah. Well, I think, it too, it's the role of, um, I don't know if mat- maybe matriarch is the right word. I don't know. But maybe like the matriarch of the family for you to initiate that. I feel like Absolutely. that's a key thing. Absolutely. Young women need older women to come alongside them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's biblical. Like the Titus it, too. Yeah. It's the Titus too, but it's your own family. Yeah. You don't want to be striving with them. I find winning over my daughter-in-laws is the way to my son's heart. <laughs> hey, and to keep that. to keep that relationship going, to in order it enables me to have a relationship with the grandchildren as well. So love and serve your daughter-in-laws if you're a mother-in-law. Support, compliment, love her children unselfishly. And demonstrate who God is by your actions. May they see you as that loving servant there for them. Pray. Encourage their faith in your daughter-in-law. Encourage her giftedness. Mm -hmm. Now, are you a daughter-in-law? Will you love and serve your mother-in-law as your own mother? Mm -hmm. Will you choose to see the good and display Christ in you as you relate to her? And is there a complication in your or your husband's leaving and cleaving that's a wedge in this family dynamic? Sometimes when there's been too much attachment by either, you know, mother or mother-in-law to one of their children, um, that can they can almost be uh, jealous of that other person coming alongside yeah, and taking taking that relationship. Yeah. So that's a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, if that's the case, you want to pray about that and you want to have the Lord show you the way to that other person's heart. Well, next, let's look at the character of Ruth. And then I'm going to have you do Boaz, Delaney. Yeah. I, I think you've got some great things to share on Boaz. Well, the character of Ruth is really stellar. Uh, the first character trait I see is her loyalty. Yeah. She's loyal to Naomi, to the Israelites, and most important, to the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Being a loyal person, a loyal family member, a loyal friend, a loyal spouse is necessary for successful families and society. Loyalty to your employer, your church, your family is really waning in this culture where we don't want to be loyal to anything. We want to do our own thing, and what we want is the most important. Or we're loyal until it hurts. Whereas you see Ruth, even when it's something that cost her something, she was still going to be loyal. She was really leaving and cleaving. Love that point. Mm -hmm. Love that point. Thanks, Delaney. Another point about Ruth besides her loyalty was her 
she was a hard worker. Yeah. It actually says that a few times, yes, I think. it does. The field hands commented to Boaz about how Ruth came into the field and has remained here from morning until now except for a short rest in the shelter. Mm. Having a good work ethic is an important quality. Someone recently shared with me that one of the first things his new employees ask is how much time they can have off. Yeah, maybe wait just a little tip. Yeah. Maybe wait to ask yeah. until later. Have we lost our work ethic? Are we teaching our children a work ethic? Mm. I think that's something that my parents did well. They all We all had to work, and mm-hmm. I think that there's it really did me good. It made me independent. It made me um, understand what things cost and, and how, you know, effort and time is required for what those things that you want and well, then it makes a rest feel so much better <laughs> it does it does how to be on time how yeah. to carry responsibility mm-hmm. how to relate to other people a lot of good things come as they develop a work ethic even around the home the chores that they're asked to do mm-hmm. all of that is developing a work ethic you know are we teaching our children that kind of a work ethic or are we just doing it all for them it's easier to do it all for them. It is correct? easier. It's it's quicker, and of course. It, it takes time to help have my three year old clean up his room when I could do it in five minutes. Exactly. It, that's a great example right there. And another trait I want to bring up about Ruth is she was a humble person. The fact that she was willing to go and harvest the corners of the field in order to provide for Naomi and her with food reveals humility. That would have put her by doing that in the poorest of the poor category. Now, when Boaz notices her and gives her some special provision and protection, she replies back to him with great humility. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? You know, pride keeps us from so many good things the Lord would have for us. What are we thinking is beneath us? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I have felt that, like, especially in jobs where I have where I'm like, okay, I'm doing something that, like, I don't want to do. I'm like, man, why, but why do I feel like it's beneath me? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't everything that I do supposed to be, like, for the Lord? So how can it be beneath me? Yeah. And sometimes I think the Lord, this is how he prepares you for bitter, bigger things. He are, He's going to entrust you with small things. Right. If you're going to be faithful with the small things, he can trust you with bigger things. Yeah. That's even in a parable that Jesus told. So that's a very important thing, you know, that those small things add up big. Now, Ruth also showed her humility when she was listening to and taking the advice of Naomi. It takes a lot of humility mm-hmm. to take someone's advice to say, good idea. That's right. I will do that. Um, you, you know, you always want to be the one who thinks of it and, you know, gets the glory for it. But, but it's a humble thing to take advice. You have to be a humble person to take advice. In chapter three, Naomi tells Ruth to wash. (laughs) It's kind of cute. Go wash, girl. Put on your best clothes and go to the threshing floor to tell Boaz of his kinsman redeemer option. Ruth says back to Naomi, I will do whatever you say. Now, there's a woman who is willing to take advice, who trusted Naomi's um, ability in this situation. Remember, she's arranging Ruth for this kinsman-redeemer relationship, and she knew how it ran. If, if Ruth thought, oh, I'm not going to do that, I'll do it my way, she probably wouldn't have ever been lined up then with Boaz right. to have and a child. she recognized that Naomi had insight into this that Ruth yes. didn't. Ruth was a foreigner. Right. right. And not only a foreigner, but an older woman. Right. And this is why I think every young woman needs older women in their life 
um, in order to help guide them. And also, older women need younger women in their life yeah. to guide them. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. It's just a multi generational plug right here. It, we just, it, it is. It's shameless. I'm going right for it. Multi generational. But I, I so enjoy having a relationship with you, who is, you yeah. know, a lot of decades <laughs> younger than I am. No. Um, and I, I have a lot of young friends. I really do. And yeah. I, I really treasure those relationships. And I, I think it's an important role, Titus, too, you know, to be mentoring. And I see uh, Naomi really mentoring Ruth here and, and guiding her in the right direction for her own good. Now, fourth, about Ruth. Ruth had an excellent reputation. Boaz answered her statement we just heard when she said, why, why are you showing me this favor? Boaz says, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Mm. I got the chills just reading that. I love that. Under whose wings. Yeah. Can you, the refuge. The covering. Yeah. Think about that. Under mm. his wings. And I even love that they picture. they didn't have a male covering, they had a covering. They did. God was covering them That's through this. right. And he recognized that she had taken refuge in the Lord, mm-hmm. that that was what been, has been maintaining Naomi and Ruth. Also in chapter 3, Boaz says to Ruth, all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Wow. Boaz knew her reputation, her love, her care for Naomi, her courage in leaving her family and country, embracing a new people, and Israel's God, and how now had become her God. Mm-hmm. That is a great reputation. That's what you want your reputation to be. It's Isn't all it? pointing to the Lord. It is. It is. Willing to just lay down your life for him. Uh, Ruth was willing to sacrifice what may have been easy or comfortable for higher ideals and faith. She gave all that up. This also reveals a selflessness. How willing are we to boldly go where God may be calling us? How willing are we to selflessly care for another? A lot of women are put in the role of caregiving to their parents or their in-laws. Are you willing to do that? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to be selfless in that? Well, Delaney, that's two of those characters. Those are the women. But I am really waiting to hear what you have to say about Boaz, the guy in this romance going on here. I know. (laughs) What have you discovered? Boaz, like, is a super rare guy. I mean, you can just see, like, from reading about him, his godliness and his strength is is rare, even in the Bible, I've noticed. It is. Like, even in the Bible. And so Boaz really gives us a really awesome picture of what godly leadership looks like, how to treat women, and in a lot of ways, how to date Um, And in Ruth 3, we read about that threshing floor scene that you mentioned, Bev. And at first, it's kind of confusing to read about. But when you kind of understand the custom, it's really quite beautiful. So again, Naomi had recognized that Boaz was their kinsman redeemer. And she had told Ruth, like you said, to put on her best garments, make herself look nice. And smell good. Smell good. Smell her wash. (laughs) Yeah, that's really hilarious. All the senses. All the things. (laughs) And... um, she told herself to make make herself look nice and go to this party. Ruth wasn't to go to the party, but while Boaz was sleeping after the party, she was to sneak in where he was sleeping, uncover his feet, and lay at his feet. Kind of weird, maybe like a little creepy, like sneak in when he's sleeping. Don't like do this at home, please. This is this would be weird. Um, and this wasn't like a sexual invitation too, which I was like, okay, she's sneaking in when he's sleeping. Like, what's the deal? Is that a euphemism for? 
yeah for yeah. like something mm-hmm. else yeah yeah yeah. but it actually wasn't actually in that day meant um the gesture meant total submission and so ruth actually was well within her rights as family to make this claim on boaz and so ruth does this and boaz responds to her and he said blessed are you of the lord my daughter for you have shown more kindness at the end than an than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men whether poor or rich and now my daughter do not fear i will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman there's that reputation again that reputation again it precedes her it does so from his response we do learn that there is an age gap between mm-hmm. them i don't know if we know how much of an I age bet it gap. was substantial. You think? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also kind of shows that Ruth um, was looking at character. Mm-hmm. She wasn't looking at all of those other things as much. And we also learned that he isn't poor or rich, but he he obviously has enough means to support himself and Ruth. And he gave Ruth, um, like he left her extra grain to pick up and he was supporting people mm-hmm. and he had he hired people. So we know he had enough to support himself. We also know that Boaz couldn't, didn't like force himself sexually on Ruth, even though he could have, he did the right thing. I heard a quote once that said, um, she based her attraction to Boaz more on respect than on image or appearance, which was really profound to me. Uh, also, we see that, and that that should be the focus of our dating, shouldn't it? Yeah. On character. Yeah. It yeah. should, that but should so be the often primary we, thing. We, we look at the surface things. I mean, you, you got to have some kind of attraction there. True. Yeah. However, it's character but, that well, will not I think that's the true attraction. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the true attraction, though. And so we also see that Boaz's response to Ruth shows that her virtue is what attracted him to her. So it goes both ways, too, it which did. I love that, which it was did. really clear. Yeah, two quality people meeting each other. Yeah. I, I like this that. positive and both of them, story. <laughs> right, and both of them were like, I recognize your virtue. I recognize yes. yours. And yes. I'm like, this is beautiful. It is beautiful. Here are some other characteristics that we can see in Boaz. We see protection. Boaz protected Ruth's character. He didn't take advantage of her. He didn't um, exploit her. He really protected her. We see that he was righteous. Um, Boaz was committed to doing the right thing by Ruth and the Lord. And that's actually why um, he, if you read in the story of Ruth, he asked another man that was ahead of him in the line of kinsman redeemer to see if he would redeem Ruth before he did, because he was committed to doing the right thing. And that man turned it down. And so then it was Boaz. We also see provision. Boaz provided food for Ruth and he became um, her redeemer, like as a way to also provide for her. We see that he was compassionate and kind, that he actually left extra food for her to glean in the field and he treated her with kindness. He actually had other people treat her with kindness too. And protected her from you know, from the other any people. Any kind of assault. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. He was respectfully romantic. He didn't cross boundaries. Instead, he loved her really well. Um, and then we also see this kinsman redeemer that he, the way that Boaz treated Ruth is a foreshadowing to Christ, that Jesus protects us. He does right by us. He treats us kindly and he redeems us through his work on the cross. So we see a lot of foreshadowings also to the character of Jesus and the way that um, Boaz is portrayed. Um, and I also love too that I think the story of Ruth and Boaz really balances romance and respect. To me, this is something I don't always see balanced well in relationships um, sometimes when we love someone, we allow them to treat us poorly or vice versa. Sometimes we, you know, we respect people, but don't have any love for them. I, I see both. And Ruth and 
Boaz's character gives us insight into how we should treat each other in dating relationships and in a marriage. Boaz treated Ruth in a kind, compassionate, tender, but sisterly way, honestly, until he became her kinsman redeemer. That means he didn't cross any boundaries. He treated her with virtue and respect. And I also think that this is something that we should emulate in dating relationships. Wow. That's amazing. I I never pulled that out of the story, Delaney. Thank you for bringing that out. Yeah, I mean, he didn't treat her like in a sexual or romantic way at all. No. Before before they got married, actually. He really honored her. He honored her. Mm -hmm. And so for our challenge, we really encourage you guys to ask yourself these questions. Like, is my character like Ruth's? Am I virtuous? Is what I am seeking in a husband, respect, romance, both or neither? Maybe you're married. Still ask yourself, am I treating my husband the way that Ruth treated Boaz? Humbly, loyally, kindfully, respectfully. How am I treating my mother-in-law? If you're a mother-in-law, how are you treating your daughter-in-law? There's so many practical pieces of wisdom. And then just listen to all of these character traits. Like, are you like being righteous are you working hard are you loyal like there's so many things that we could pull from this so i think that that would be really our challenge for you is just look at these character qualities that we see in the story and ask yourself if you are those yeah yeah they're great role models for us positive role models Mm -hmm. some of the other women we've we've dealt with have had a lot of struggles and we learn from those as well yeah but this is you know three characters that are stellar and I think it's, it shows us that it can be like this. It can. It can be like, the, we can do things the right way. Yes, we can. We can. We can. With the Lord's help, we can. Yeah. And I. it's also interesting, too, because I was, when we were studying this, I was like, the Bible usually talks about married couples. They don't usually talk about dating couples. I, I don't know if there's another instance, but probably, maybe there is, but of like a couple before their marriage. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. was very interesting to me. Yeah. It's not talked about as much. So I yeah. feel like really like lean into this. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I it's it's great. And I those in-law relationships can be rather tricky. Yeah. But here this one worked and honestly I I I'm so blessed. I have had it both ways. I've been a daughter-in-law and I have daughters-in-laws. Mm-hmm. And it's some of the richest of my relationships. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be striving. And if it's striving, you better examine yourself first. 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 Always examine yourself right, first. Right. Yeah. Right. But what three stellar characters we took a look at today and how this book really points us to the gospel, that we are foreigners, that we are cast out, that God is our redeemer. He comes along and redeems us and brings us into the family of God. So it's a beautiful picture of the gospel as well. Amen. All rolled into one. Amen. Will you pray for us? I will. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful book of Ruth and for the many truths that we learn here about these different people and their character traits. Lord, some of these are quite convicting. As we know, we're not really walking in the same way. So Lord, would you show us those areas that need to be shored up in our own life? Would you give us rich in-law relationships? Would you help our dating to be about character and about respect and honor one another? I pray too, Father, that you would help us to see the gospel in this beautiful story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, that we can come in as a foreigner to God, estranged from him, an enemy of God, and that he, through Christ, makes us a friend, that we become part of the family of God, and we are redeemed by him. Boaz is a picture of Christ who redeemed this family, and Jesus is our Redeemer who redeems us. 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, it was great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She is Becoming.